Hey everybody, welcome to the Fusion Students Podcast. If you have any questions or want to get connected with us, you can check us out on social media at Fusion Students KPT. Enjoy today's message. Go ahead and turn to the book of Judges. We're going to be in Judges chapter chapter 6. We're going to start in chapter 6. Some of this stuff won't be on the screen. Some of this stuff will be on the screen. Uh, So just bear with me. How many of you, let's get a, there we go. I need to like tape this on my head because it's all all wobbly. It worked great like the first week and then like I think my ear stretched it or something. Anyway, how many of you, this is your first time with us during the Bold series? First time? Excellent, excellent, excellent. Uh, Second time, you've been here twice. Excellent. Third time, you've been here three times. How many have there been? Four. Three, three times. All right, you've been here all four Sundays. Woo! All right. We've talked about David. We've talked about David, how he just like, hey, you're not going to talk trash about my God, about my nation. I'm going to, you know, literally chop your head off. Like, shut your mouth. Talked about Peter, how he jumped out of the boat and then failed. But his great faith grew uh, because he was willing to take that leap. So we talked about being ploppers last week. What was my illustration with the plopper? Uh, how do you sit? Do you squat or plop? I'm a, I'm a squatter because I've, I've broken a lot of chairs, so I sit down very gently. Um, and then, you know, my wife Kayla, she's a, a plopper. Like, it's just like all muscles give way about a quarter of the sit-down time. And several of you identified with that. So tonight, we're going to talk about somebody a little bit different. We're going to talk about somebody that didn't necessarily like, he wasn't all gun-ho to follow Jesus or follow God and and do what what God wanted him to do. Wasn't too excited about it. So we're going to pray, and then we're going to be introduced to a guy named Gideon. Anybody heard of Gideon? Excellent. I've talked about Gideon a couple times in my tenure here. He's one of my favorite stories. So if you have, well, the first part, the second part of Gideon, he kind of, eh. All the, all the poor people in Judges kind of had a bad life there. Um, they, they ran away. Hey, there we go. That sounds better. Um, anyway, so we're going to pray, and then we're going to talk about Gideon. All right, let's pray. God, thank you for this day. Thank you for the opportunity to come here to have fun, uh, to sing some awesome songs, and uh, God, just worship you. Guys, ask that you just be with us tonight. Uh, open our hearts and minds uh, to hear what you have to say. All right, Amen. How many of you have ever dreamed of being a superhero? Like, superhero strength, you want to fly, invisibility, um, you know, what's another one? Uh, Stretchy, Um, you know, like Jack-Jack, you could just do a little bit of everything from the Incredibles. Um, What about Ant-Man? He can go really small and really big. Um, Who else? Who else we got? Spider-Man. Spider-Man, oh, that's a cool one. Um, Yeah. So, how many of y'all want to be coward man? Coward girl. Like, I'm afraid of everything. I'm afraid of my shadow. Like, I'm pretty sure that most of us, most of us don't dream. Let's stay with me. Most of us don't dream about going home and, and your parents ask you, how, hey, how was your day today? It's like, well, I saw something that I probably really should have stopped. I should have helped this person. But you know what? I was a little bit of a coward about it. No, we, we dream about, man, 
like, Dad, this guy was bullying this kid. And, like, I stepped in, and I stopped it. And, like, I was, like, the hero, right? Oh, this car was, like, flipped over. And like, I had this rush of adrenaline, and I ripped the door off, right? Yeah, you're probably not going to be able to do that. Um, you can't. Excellent. It's probably not a very realistic dream. But anyway, you see what I'm saying. Like most of us, if we're being honest with ourselves, we desire to do something incredible. We desire to um, be a hero. We desire to have some sort of ability uh, that helps us to do that. Most of us don't dream about being afraid. This is a reality that we live with. It's because fear is a fear is like one of those weird emotion feeling things that we have. Fear can save your life if you use it correctly. It's like, oh, I'm in a dark alley. I should probably really, you know, get out of here as fast as I can. I need to be super aware. And then fear can, like what we talked about the first week, um, just really over, overdo it. Like there's not a clown under your bed. Like you're afraid for no reason. Um, and then you can, you can find yourself wasting your life just sitting, being afraid, and never doing anything about it. Right? You with me? You can be so comfortable sitting in your fear that you don't even realize you're sitting in your fear because you're comfortable. We see a lot of fear in America today. We see a lot of fear in the world. We see a lot of fear in the church, I believe. Are they coming for us? Are we going to see persecution? It's a valid question. But... It's not something that we should fear. Because for one, God says, or Jesus said, you know, have peace, are you okay? <laughs> um, so, you know, take, take heart. I've already overcome the world. Like Jesus has already overcome everything that there is to be afraid of. And that's who lives in you. That's who you worship. You with me? So... When we talk about being bold, unleashing your faith, I'm not talking about unleashing like this, this tiny little kitten that, that like, meow, like I'm going to just, you know, share my faith like this little timid creature. No, I'm talking about, you know, being, being a lion. Has anybody ever watched Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe? When Aslan comes out at the end of battle, they all think he's dead, and the witch thinks that she's won, and all of a sudden he stands on the rock and he roars, and he just jumps on her and he destroys her. That's what lives inside of you. Right? Have y'all not watched that movie? You really need to watch that movie. It's epic. Well, if you've read the book, then you've imagined it in your mind. Narnia. What? Yeah, the Narnia movies. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like some of the best, some of the best stuff out there. So, go home, rent the, I think it's the trilogy, rent the Narnia movies, enjoy it, and you know, be like, oh, that's what Aaron was talking about. That's awesome. So we're gonna talk about a different little aspect here. We've talked about all these people that just jumped out of the boat. That it's like, you know, I'm gonna go fight a nine foot giant. But what about when God calls you to do something that you don't really know if you want to do it? What about when God asks you to do something at your school that you don't really know if you want to do it because you don't feel like you're that person. 
You don't feel like you're that Peter. You don't feel like you're the David. Be real with you. Sometimes I don't feel like I should be a pastor. But I know this is my calling. I know I'm supposed to be here. So I fight the enemy when he comes at me with that. Because sometimes God calls us to do not necessarily what we feel like we should be doing, not what we feel like, um, how do I want to word this? Our strengths might be, but it's so that he can shine through us. You with me? So Gideon, this dude was afraid of his shadow. First of all, the Midianites kind of took over Israel. Um, every time they would plant wheat, um, basically the Midianites would come through and they would just destroy it all. They would take it all. And, you know, it's just really, it's really a bad time. And they'd fall into the worship of Baal. Again, we talked about that with, with Elijah, if you were here week two. And maybe that was week one, week one. And so here we find Gideon. You know what a wine press is? Back in the day, you would get in it, it would be deep, and you would kind of mash, mash grapes, and then the grape juice would ferment, and then you'd take it and all that stuff. And so Gideon, Gideon is hiding in the wine press, threshing wheat. So he's literally in this hole, throwing wheat up in the air. Why? Because he's afraid of the Midianites. So we find this person that is just, that's just already afraid. An angel appears to the Lord. An angel of the Lord appears to Gideon while he's hiding. He's like, hello, mighty warrior. That wake you up? Hello, mighty warrior. So he says, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. And Gideon's like, what? Are you, are you talking about me? Are you talking about me, me, Gideon, a mighty warrior? So it's like you're going to save Israel. It's like, how can I save Israel? My clan is, is the weakest of all, and I'm the weakest in, in my family. And you're going to send me? And the angel says, you know, the, Lord's, the Lord is with you. I will be with you and you will strike down all of the Midianites, leaving none of them alive. And so Gideon's sitting here and he's like, okay, well, you know, if that's the case, then give me a sign. So in verse 17 of Judges 6, Gideon replied, if now I've found favor in your eyes, give me a sign that it is really you talking to me. Please do not go away until I come back and bring my offering and set it before you. And the Lord said, I will wait until you return. Gideon went inside, prepared a young goat, um, and from an ephah of flour, he made bread without yeast, putting in the meat in a basket and its broth in a pot. He brought it to them and offered it to them under the oak. The angel of God said to him, take the meat and unleavened bread, place this on this rock and pour out the broth. And Gideon did so. Then the angel of the Lord touched the meat and the unleavened bread uh, with the tip of the staff that was in his hand. Fire flared down from the rock, consuming the meat and the bread. And the angel of the Lord um, disappeared. When Gideon realized that the angel of the Lord, he exclaimed, Alas, sovereign Lord, I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. But the Lord said, Peace, do not be afraid. You're not going to die. So he gets his sign, and instead of being like, 
okay, well, you know, God's sending me on a mission. He's like, oh my gosh, I'm going to die. I've just seen the Lord face to face. And the angel has to calm him down. He has to say, hey, no, Gideon, you're not going to die. You're going to be alive. Everything okay here? We good? Excellent. So, what happens next is the angel tells him to destroy his father's altar to Baal and then take a bull and sacrifice it. Really? (laughs) So, all right. So, Gideon goes at night. He takes ten of his servants and he goes to destroy uh, his father's temple of Baal. The next morning, the townspeople are very angry. They've destroyed it. And Gideon's dad comes out and he says, who has done this? And then he's like, oh, oh, by the way, it was your son. And bring him out. Give him to us. And so his dad says, shouldn't Baal be able to stand up for himself? And I feel like there's probably this little bit of excitement. Like my son did something. My son stood up for something. Because everything that we know about getting up until this kind of point is he's afraid of about everything. My theology professor called him super chicken. So you have to feel like there's some sort of like excitement here. And he's renamed Jerobabel, Baal. Jerobal. <laughs> I messed that up bad. Jerobal, which means let Baal contend to him. So picking up in verse 36, Gideon said to the Lord, If you will save Israel by my hand as you have promised, look, I will leave a wolf fleece on the threshing floor. If, this, if there's dew only on the fleece and all the ground is dry, then I will know that you will save Israel by my hand as you have said. And this is what happened. Gideon rose early the next day. He squeezed the fleece and wrung out the dew, a bowl full of water. So how many of you think, like, if God's asking you to do something, he's already sent down fire and burned up your offering, and then it's a pretty, pretty big feat that the fleece was able to be wrung out and the ground's dry. You think you're ready to go by this point? Okay, God, you've showed me enough here. What do you think, yes or no? Maybe? I don't know. Okay. So Gideon wasn't. Then Gideon said to God, do not be angry with me. Just make me one more request. Allow me to test with the fleece. But this time, make the fleece dry and let the ground be covered with dew. That night, God did so. Only the fleece was dry and all the ground was covered with with dew. So at this point, Gideon's like, all right, I'm ready to go. Let's gather my army. So he gathers 30,000 people. It's a pretty good army, right? You're like, yeah, I can do something with 30,000 people. God says, you have too many. So, God says, you can't be delivered only for you to be able to announce that you did it on your own. So I'm going to cut back your numbers a little bit. It says, tell everybody who trembles to go home. So 20,000 of his 30,000 army leaves. How many is he left with? 10,000. So there's an interesting theory that, that my, my uh, professor um, gave. So generally, there are three types of people that would be in this situation. 
you would have those people that just like, they're in it, like they love to fight, they're your warriors, like let's go conquer this, like your marine type people, your Ronnie Minnicks, like you were just ready to go. You've got the people that are scared, they're not afraid to tell you that you're, they're scared and they left. And then you've got the people that are so scared that they literally didn't know what to do. They were scared about leaving, they were scared about staying, so they stayed. They didn't know what to do, they just froze. So, I think you've got a mixture of these two people now. So what happens after that? God says, you know what? You still have too many people. I want you to lead them to the water to drink. Those that pick up water in their hands and lap like a dog, I want you to keep those. And everybody that gets down on their hands and knees and drinks from the water, I want you to send them home. So he's left with 300 lappers. Now there's a theory here that was thrown out, and this could be wrong. This is just a theory. That's why I'm calling it a theory. Apparently I can't walk there. So the people that lapped are the people that were probably scared to death. They were cautious. They were picking up water. They were looking around. The warriors are saying, you know what, my... My sergeant has led me. This is our, our sergeant. This is our comfort area. We're going to get water. We're safe. I'm going down to drink. So if that theory is true, which it kind of does follow the line of the story, if it's true, then Gideon was left with the 300 people that were so scared that they couldn't even leave when they were told they were dismissed. So this is Gideon's 300 people army. Let's see, where are we? All right, so Gideon, at this point, he's afraid to go down to attack. And so God says, okay, go down and spy on them. Take one of your best men and go down and spy. And he overhears this dream. And guys, if you don't think that God has a sense of humor, listen to this dream. So he overhears a soldier talking to his friend, and he says, hey, man, I have a dream that this giant loaf of bread rolled down the hill and crushed and destroyed our tents. A giant round loaf of bread rolled down the hill and destroyed our tents. Like, how awesome is that? So Gideon's friend looks at him and says, no, sorry, the soldier's friend looks at him and says, this can only mean one thing, that God is going to deliver Gideon, us to Gideon. So Gideon is symbolized through a giant round loaf of bread. Does nobody else, am, like, okay, I, I found it hilarious. It's bread. Like it was a dream. It's bread. Okay, cool. Okay. Oh, thank you. Thank you. That's okay. We're going to move on. So continuing this story. Because the bread wasn't funny, but it was funny to me. So was, I'm fine with that. Thank you all for the pity laugh type thing, whatever's happened. So Gideon takes his, his, his 300 people and divides them into three groups. He gives each of them three different things. Torch that was inside a clay pot and a trumpet. Now, here's where things get awesome. How many people would normally have a torch 
per how many people? Generally, one person per 100 people would have a torch. And so the illusion of a 30,000-person army is about to come down the hill. Every single one of them are about to blow a trumpet, which there would have been probably a trumpet per 10,000 people, give or take. That's how they kind of command the army, give calls. So there's going to be 300 trumpets, and then there's going to be 300 clay pots that are going to be broken. We're going to read 19 through 22, and we're going to find out what happened of chapter 7. Gideon and the 300 men with him reached the edge of the camp at the beginning of the middle of the watch, just after they had changed guards. They blew their trumpet. They broke their jars that were in their hands. The three companies blew the trumpet and smashed the jars, grasping the torches in their left hands and holding it in their right hands, the trumpets uh, they were blowing, and they shouted, The sword for the Lord and for Gideon. While each man held their position around the camp so they didn't move, all the Midianites ran crying out as they fled. When they heard the, the 300 trumpets sounded, the Lord caused the men throughout the camp to turn on, turn on each other's with the sword. The army fled, uh, and I'm not going to try to say all these words. The army fled, and Gideon wins. The Lord delivers the Midianites to Gideon without ever having to lift a finger. Cool or what? So what can we learn from Gideon? Sometimes it's not easy to unleash our faith. Sometimes it's not easy to to stand up, to say, you know what? God's called me to do this. I'm going to go. Sometimes it's not easy if you were in service today to say, God, unwind me. None of this is easy. It takes surrender every day. It takes the desire to grow in a relationship. It takes the desire, you know, to come here to, to hang out with fellow people, with like-minded people that are going to aid you in your journey. But why is it easy to unleash your faith? And the answer is simple. It's because God's our champion. He's never failed. He's never been beaten. And he never will be beaten. Luke 10, 19, Behold, I've given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions all over and all the power of the enemy, and nothing will injure you. First Peter 2, 24, And he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sin and live in righteousness. For by his wounds you were healed. So all authority is, is in Jesus, and Jesus is in us. We have that power. If you were a born-again believer, you have that lion inside of you, and don't forget that. See, not every story in the Bible is a David, is a Peter. You have the Gideons. You have the Jonas that needed a little bit of persuasion, and then God delivers in the end. Ephesians 6, 10 through 20. And when I talk about a relationship, you know, it's, it's arming ourselves. 
we're getting our trumpet. We're getting our torch. We're getting our clay pot. Sometimes we all want swords, and that's great because this is your sword. But sometimes God arms you with not necessarily the weapon that, that you're like, oh, I need that in that battle. But he arms you with the weapon that you need, but you just don't know yet. But there's one thing that we do need to be armed up in. Verse 10, finally, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authority, against the powers of dark world, and against the spiritual forces and evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground after you have done everything to stand. Stand firm with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplates of righteousness in place, with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, which you can extinguish the, all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the sword of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayer and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me that I, whenever I speak words, may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am the ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare fearlessly as I should. Okay. So guys, God's given us everything that we need. Throughout the year, we're going to continue to equip you. But everything that you need to know to be able to unleash your faith is in this book. It's in a prayer life with God. What did Paul say at the end here after he lists the, the armor of God? So that, pray for me so that I may be fearless. challenge you when that fear creeps in because it creeps in on me it creeps on me a lot when it creeps in declare victory I'm going to have Greg dim the lights for just a little bit and I'm just going to throw this question out there just go ahead and turn all of them off um, and we're going to listen to a song. You can turn these off too. We're going to listen to a song. It's called Champion. And I want you to listen very intently to the words. If you talk, I'm going to ask you to move. I'm not playing. Don't talk. Don't do anything. I want you to listen intently. If you are here tonight and you say, Aaron, I want a relationship with Jesus I've never had that. I'm going to be back there. Leaders are dispersed in the crowd. You come find one of us, and we will show you how you can have begin that relationship tonight. You with me? We're going to pray, and then we're going to watch this song. God, I thank you for just once again who you are. God, I thank you for each one of these students. God, I pray that you fill them with boldness. I pray that you just make them fearless for you, God. God, I pray that you put them in situations that, that you can show them your power.
that you can allow them to be bold. God, just I pray that if anyone here does not know you tonight, God, that they won't leave without knowing you. God, I just pray in Jesus' name. Amen.